welcome to the show. I'm Jessie Gray, and this is episode 139. I'm taking a little intro here to say Happy New Year, and I hope all of you had an awesome holiday. Uh, I am going to share this episode with you. This occurred before 138, which was Until You Fall. I had played a VR game and wanted to kind of take a minute to talk to some of the developers of that VR game before jumping back into the mental health series that was recorded end of uh, last year, I guess we can say last year now. Uh, and some of the discussion in this episode will involve the TAG CIGS uh, Mental Health Summit, which occurred in Canada this year. Now, obviously, that's already occurred. It went really well. I uh, was glad to speak there and meet a lot of other like minded individuals in the industry, etc. So, some of the stuff in here you're seeing is future tense, will be past tense, I guess now. But anyway, I still think it's important to include, just so you kind of get an idea of the subjects that were discussed and this particular developer's thoughts on mental health in the industry and some of that stuff in there. So anyway, uh, we're going to jump in with this episode, which occurred again, end of last year. And thank you guys for being super patient. Um, my year has been really eventful working for a gaming publisher. We've put out four games this year and there's been a lot of marketing, a lot of art and uh, busyness on my end. So the show used to come out every other week, if you can believe it, uh, back in the day, six, seven years ago, etc. It's been a while. And uh, now it comes out every few months or so as I can kind of squeeze episodes in between, you know, real life, quote unquote. So, as they say in the gaming industry, once you work in the industry, you never get to play games anymore. And sometimes that's the case. So I have to play something in order to be inspired to have developers on to talk about it. So you can see kind of how that goes. But thank you guys for being listeners, especially my longtime listeners who've been here since the beginning as things have evolved. And I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to kind of jump in uh, after my intro there so you don't have to hear all this again. And I hope you have an awesome 2020. So here we are on the Great Area Podcast with with environmental artist David Ballard at Amazon Games, working on the new MMO New World, and a bunch of other really great games, which we'll go over just kind of some of his experiences. But first of all, I always like to start, everyone knows, with the what's your news of the week. And my news of the week is that I'm finally back from convention season and getting getting a bit of a wind down. Um, but I know you've been to Light Expo, Lightbox, Lightbox Expo recently. Is that your newest news or do you have other stuff you want to share with us? Uh, yeah, Lightbox Expo was fun. Uh, anything else new with me? I I'm just got back from Dallas. Uh, beyond gaming, I also am into physical activity and completed a Tough Mudder uh, classic out there. Oh, what's that entail? Uh, Is it like a triathlon kind of thing? What do you do? Sort of. It's, uh, it's a 10-mile uh, obstacle mud run, obstacle course race. <laughs> wow. And uh, yeah. 10 miles, 25 obstacle courses, and a lot of fun. Did you say the word mud in there? Was there mud? Oh, yes. Lots of mud. Oh, okay. So that adds a whole another factor of like agility. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. So uh, I said you were an environmental artist, and I was looking um, kind of briefly at your portfolio, etc. So a lot of stuff that people probably know, but let's go back to getting started as an artist. Is this something you did as a kid, or when did you decide to decide you wanted to be an artist? Uh, well, I have a saying that video games got me into game development. 
not okay. art. It wasn't, I wasn't an artist and said, oh, I want to be an artist in video games. It was I played video games and one day realized that th- that was an opportunity for me. And uh, the avenue that I found worked for me to get into game development was art. And that was my path. Got you. I mean, you're extremely talented. You must have, you know, the creative gene in there somewhere. Why choose why choose environment as like your artist choice? I know kind of people that I'm around usually gravitate toward character design or, or something else, but is that the most hireable skill for, for getting into the games industry or, or why environmental? Well I think it's 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 multi faceted. Uh, I remember when I was in college I gravitated gravitated towards environments. I even said that to my, my peers saying that's what I'm interested in. Uh, I think because of how, how closely related it is to game design and level design uh, and how connected they are, that's something that made it appeal to me more. Uh, and also, uh, another fun thing I have is that environments are the largest character in oh. the game. Okay, okay. So if you don't mind breaking that down for me a little bit... Design, as far as level design, I can get that. I can get that as the player moves through, you have to visualize you know, how you're leading them and kind of the path you want them to take and, and using environment is definitely one of the ways you could do that. But how do they tie together for you? Uh, <clears throat> that's, that's a lot of the challenge of my job is connecting them together and making them a connected experience. Uh, players do not feel that they are being guided and that the environment is separated from that. It's, it's a lot of challenges making it feel natural. Um, Got you. Do you miss the old days when you would literally go into different areas and it would stop and load? Or was that like before your time? Uh, you mean like uh, pre-boss battle arena kind of situation? Yeah. You go into a room, there's a whole bunch of ammo and health packs and stuff. And all right, well, I know what's next. <laughs> yep, exactly. So some of the games you've worked on, Uncharted, 234, Last of Us. Um, I know you're with Giant Squid, according to the internet. Did you work on Absu at all? That seems like a departure from your style. Did I, did I work on what? Did you work on Absu at all? I know it's kind of departure. No. Okay, I figured that didn't really make a sense with some of the stuff I've seen. Okay, but all of those are familiar and to me have kind of a, a sensibility that I could see you know, a comparison between them and how they relate to each other. Do you find that so? Or do you find like every new game is kind of completely different? Every game has their unique challenges. Uh, Even between, like I said, Uncharted 2, 3, 4, the differences between each of those, uh, especially the challenges that I found, uh, were each area had an identity, a culture related to it, and then representing it and being respectful to it and supporting different design goals for each area and each scenario. Uh, I mean, they're all, they're all different. It, there, there's never a moment on a target where it was like, or in, on any of the targets where it was like, oh, this is the exact same thing we did last game kind of thing. It was always a new challenge. Yeah, yeah. So where are you getting your inspiration? Are you saying like, hi, I have to go to Bali to research the flora and fauna for this game. Um, like, you know, how, do you, how do you get all of the things that you're putting into that design? Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> Did I take a trip to Bali? Uh, yeah, it's research. See the air quotes. My yeah, right. My my joke is that for the first couple of weeks on a project, I am a professional Googler. Oh, okay. 
That's tough to create something in 3D that you're seeing, you know, on a 2D environment or like a video that's not quite what you want. Well, that's, I mean, that's a lot of the job is, is taking inspiration that you find in the world and then translating that. You're, you're, the artist, the designer is the filter of translating that thing or that experience into their medium. So why gaming? Why is that the thing you really wanted to do? I grew up on video games. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and then as I moved forward in life, I saw opportunities arise and it just happened. Is there one that you saw and you said, like, this is an amazing game. I want to make something like this. <laughs> uh, I do have my, my uh, inspirational moment, my aha light bulb moment. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was uh, Jack and Baxter. Okay. Uh, the Precursor Legacy. Uh, Interesting. I got a I got a demo disc uh, in the summer of I think two thousand one. I want to say uh, for Jack and Baxter before it came out, and uh, you could either play for fifteen thirty minutes something like that um, through a level, or you could watch a fifteen minute making up video, and I <laughs> I, I did both. Uh, but the the fifteen minute making up video made me realize, oh wow people make video games this is this is a career this is something people do and i, I remember uh, one thing that stuck out, stood out to me was watching uh one individual uh pantomiming or, or acting out um being one of the lurkers and then that and then an animator animating that reference footage uh, into the game and that that was a aha light bulb moment for me and, and it was pretty cool that um uh, that dude was somebody i got to work with later down the line Awesome. So what was the first game that you were there f- to the completion? I don't know if it meant you started all the way through or just kind of got in halfway. What was the first game for you? Uh, that'd probably be Uncharted 2. Okay. I started uh, six months six months before ship. February, March, April, May, June, July, August. Some of that. Gotcha. Now, as an artist, having worked in game studios before, um, the artists I've worked with are fairly reclusive and that they really hate it when I turn my camera on them or try to drag them onto a live stream or anything else. So congratulations for coming on the show if you happen to be that kind of artist. Um, did you feel that you were kind of isolated from some of that launch stuff or was that all like a giant studio participation scenario? Well, what do you mean by launch stuff? Just like shipping the game? Yeah. Uh, no, I was very much a part of it. Even to the end, when I was stayed up all night, one night, the last day right before submission, and watched the sunrise on Uncharted 2. Ah, okay. Master. So it was all the way up to code lock that you were kind of pushing through. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, and in, that, in that particular morning, whatever my final submission was, and then being there was less about what can I get in, but also watching for anything to break. In my experience there's usually a bit of a time between when the game's finished, everything's done, and you actually launch it. Um, did, was that the case for Uncharted 2? Uh, yes, there, there's a... Uh, you Traditionally, it's been, in my uh, experience, you finish the game, Gold Master, it's submitted for review uh, through various publishers, and then... Uh, once it's approved, then it takes time for it to be manufactured and uh, distributed and then finally sold. Okay. 
So when the actual day comes for the game to be out to the public, was there something that, and you've launched several games at this point, is there anything special that you know you can kind of tell us from developer standpoint? I mean, I can kind of speak to a publisher standpoint, but is everyone anticipating that and are they watching or is it one of those just business as usual move on to the next game this is out the door kind of scenario uh a little bit of both (laughs) uh on one hand you're exhausted from the sheer amount of creative energy that you've just put forth to create something that requires a tremendous amount of people power to do and then on the other you're excited to get to the next thing uh at least that is how it is for me. Gotcha. Did you feel, I mean, was that work on Uncharted 2, I assume that you're pretty attached to that. Was it something you felt like, okay, I did this really well and I'm invested in my work? Or is it more just like this is you know, a task I do and then I can kind of distance myself emotionally? Uh, I think, for well, in, in Uncharted 2's case, it was something that was very personal for me. Uh, So much of myself was I, I put so much of myself into that game and and my work in that game and and the relationships that I built with my teammates uh, to ship that game. That's uh, very uh, very deep for me. For me, the first game that goes to public is one that's like pretty special. Did it was it because it was your first game and this is kind of like the fulfillment of your dream, or is it the people that you just got attached to? Um. Uh... <laughs> a little bit of all. I mean, it wasn't my first game. I'd worked on games before, but this was the first one I took into completion. Gaia. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, even in the previous games that I worked on, or the previous game that I had worked on, it was uh, the people. When I look back on, the, on those those times, I think about the relationships and the the fun, laughter, and, and the hard work and the difficult times. And it, uh, a common phrase I've heard is "love the process, not the product." And I don't look back and say I'm I'm I love Uncharted 2. I look back and say I love the team effort, the relationships, and, and the hard work that was put into it. Gotcha. Now I believe this is so, but would you consider Uncharted 2 a financially su- successful game? I'm not really like behind the scenes on that. Uh, I think so. <laughs> they <laughs> made the third. Yes, of course. I'm asking that as a baseline because sometimes that affects, obviously the. The feedback at launch um, and that's kind of the focus of what we're talking about now um, I want to speak to developers about that process and I think it's one of those things that kind of gets brushed under the rug that I've seen working in publishing where you know you just put in hundreds and thousands of hours into a project that is really personal to you and now it's going out there and everyone's gonna play it so especially for a financially successful game, were you kind of plugged into the community reaction or is that something that you were kind of one step back from? Uh, in Uncharted 2's case, it was a little bit of both. Uh, a lot of the information of success and reception uh, was coming to me from higher ups and from news outlets and such. And then at the same time, because it had a multiplayer mode aspect, I was participating with the community in the game and... Uh, back in Uncharted 2, we had little Naughty Dog paw symbols next to our names to indicate that we were employees. And this uh, started a lot of conversations with people and learned a lot about the... And I still have friendships to this day from, from back then that were developed. Awesome. So was it a positive community reaction or how did you find it? 
Oh, 99% positive. There were a couple uh, not so positive interactions, but uh, overall, I'd say it was a very positive interaction. That's good. And do you think that's pretty standard for, I mean, did a lot of the Uncharted's about The Last of Us or you know, any of the other games you're working on, do you think that's pretty standard or is it, has it been different for that game? Uh, it's, it's pretty consistent across, uh, in my experience, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3, The Last of Us, Uncharted 4. The community uh, experience has pretty much been consistent, uh, very positive. A lot of uh, very passionate uh, players out there. And then uh, after Uncharted 2, we, we took the Naughty Dog symbol off. And I think this is a, it's reminiscent of something that uh, the Bungie developers did, the story I heard that they had uh, their employees were indicated by a flaming head. And then after a while, they took that away. And I think uh, it'd be interesting to know why that happened for them. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely guess, have some guesses because of other things, especially since you're talking about an online component. Um, you know, people get very personally affected in their minds about any kind of rebalancing or anything you do that's affecting gameplay. And sometimes, as you've seen, you know, in the news over the top and, you know, people can be less than kind. Um, so I would imagine protecting developers and protecting those who worked on the game from getting that is probably paramount in some people's minds. So let's talk about the studio reaction. You're saying you're getting from higher ups um, feedback on, you know, we're not going to talk about a specific game, you know, not to point anything out, but just like overall, is that something that's typical when a game launches, you're getting like feedback from the studio or is everyone gathered around kind of watching, you know, the live streams and watching, you know, the press stuff, or is it pretty much, you know, you just hear from the, the big boss and that's it. Uh, all of the above. Uh whatever news article comes out, uh, obviously there's, uh, in my experience, there's a lot of information, particularly with financials and numbers and all that kind of stuff that I'm not privy to and it's communicated in other ways. And uh, that is, I think, in my experience, it's been communicated appropriately. And then as far as media outlets and news outlets and stuff, that's a pretty fair game. So how do you deal with it when someone says things that aren't kind or a news outlet gives you, you know, a seven and a half or something like that because of something that, you know, sometimes arbitrary and sometimes actually you know, very on point? Uh, fair. I mean, criticism is criticism. Uh, preferably, I mean, it's always nicer when you get a nice good score, a nice high score, but uh, if somebody has a concern or an issue or uh, criticism, then by all means, you know, it's... Go for it, and uh, hopefully it's constructive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about your family and friends? Do they kind of have thoughts about all of this? Uh, what do you mean by about all this? Well, first of all, they're probably glad that you have maybe a rest. <laughs> Usually for me, it's like, oh, hey, I've surfaced after six months, friends. Yes, we're still friends. But um, I don't know, they have things to say about the launch, like, oh, you know, great job, or just like, hey, you know, this is very stressful, or I don't know, any thoughts on that? Yes. Uh, especially uh, come crunch time for a lot of games, uh, family and friends know, and they said they're very in my experience, have been very supportive uh, and understanding of the, the time commitments. Uh, it, it is it is very difficult. Uh, it, it's kind of funny uh, building social networks with lots of game, develop game developers uh, outside of 
the studios I've worked in, uh, it's always funny whenever it comes down uh, to crunch time for them as well. You see the same kind of posts, the same kind of messaging, and you get a, a sense and there's uh, like an understanding uh, of what they're going through as well. And you be supportive. Yeah. One of the things I try to do for um, developers that I work with is just kind of prepare them for the fact that, you know, when you finish something, there's this real like high and excitement of, you know, it's done. It's great. It's like the the upward hill of a roller coaster. And then once it's out, it's sort of like that downhill because eventually people stop talking about it. Eventually it's kind of not something you're working on anymore. And there's an inevitable kind of low point in that. Do you find that true? And is that something that you kind of felt with some of your games? It's an interesting question. Uh, I guess kind of. I, I've been fortunate enough to be in a position where internally in a game dev studio, I'm already moving on to what's next and not too concerned about that, that low point uh, not something that I'm, I'm I, I can I can reference immediately off the top of my mind. I mean, there is definitely a point. Like I remember, there was, a, there was an article written um, recently about the Last of Us multiplayer experience, and it was an article that was written six years after we shipped the game, and so it was it was a this kind of surprise, like oh wow, people are still talking about this game. Like I thought, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm asking this stuff because you work for AAA studios in the past and, and now, and it's a very different experience, I think, than perhaps Indies. So I want to get kind of a full understanding of, you know, what it's like from all sides. And so you're my, you're my AAA guy to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's nice, I guess, if you have, you know, huge projects that are, you're just jumping right into, there isn't really that like downtime in between to kind of ponder. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I have worked at a few indie studios uh, recently and uh, learning the differences and the, the challenges that they have to face that AAA studios uh, are afforded privileges over. It's It's been very interesting. Gotcha. Did you find that your mood or perspective on yourself changed after your first game launch? Uh, I, I felt more confident. Uh <laughs> But I mean, I think I think that's the creative process is when you create something, uh, you have a foundation of experience to build upon. And when you when you don't have that creative expression out there, you don't have that foundation and, and there's a lot of unsureness. And then it, you finally put that creative endeavor out there and it's whatever state it is, it's it's a foundation. Do you have like a special love for Uncharted Two, or are all of them your baby? Uh, well, I guess yeah, all of them are baby. Uh, Uncharted Two is very special to me for a lot of reasons. Uh, as far as my Naughty Dog uh, games that I worked on, I would say that. Oh my goodness, it's so difficult because each one is is so personal. Uh, Uncharted Three was was a was a great breakout for me, but then Last of Us is the one that uh, I feel very proud of, probably the most of all of them. Yeah, I remember playing that, and uh, it's a great game. So let's see, going on to Amazon games, that's exciting. You've moved to Amazon. Is it everything everyone imagines that it is? Uh, it's been it's been awesome. 
it's been great. This team is is doing some awesome stuff. Uh, Lumberyard Engine is very powerful, and I can't talk about much at all right now, but I'm excited about what we're doing. Good. Is that how does it feel compared to Naughty Dog as far as like a studio? Is it bigger? Is it kind of like what's the environment like? Haha. <laughs> Well, what I'll, what I'll say that I find most interesting about it is its relationship with Amazon uh, itself and the lessons that the Amazon Corporation has given to this studio and how that's affected the, the game development process has been very fascinating to me. Interesting. Okay. So do you have any fun stories about these games? I always like to ask, like, especially for artists, if they have any secret Easter eggs that you, they put into stuff, like, oh, this is my dog, Dilly, or this is the wall that's at my parents' house, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I, <laughs> I'll i say this. I put an Easter egg that no one's ever found. What? Yes. In I'll which leave it game? Back. You have In The Last of Us. Okay. Uh, and second... Uh, the one I will I will talk about is a uh, little little touch I, I added to the Last of Us was uh, I'm I'm my family's in Texas and I'm from Texas and uh, at one point one of the artists my one of my peer artists came up to me and asked me what does a Texas house look like and uh, they were building Joel's house and I they had already done some work and I looked at it, I was like yeah it's pretty normal it's just a normal house whatever and then some came to mind and said, oh, put a put a star <laughs> on the front of the house. And uh, apparently there was some pushback on that. And they're like, why would there be a, a star on the house? <laughs> and uh, every time I go back to Texas and I'm driving around neighborhoods and I see all the stars and houses, I'm like, yep. <laughs> I feel like I was right. Exactly. And, it, yeah, it, it shipped. It's in that game. <laughs> nice. So for devs, talking to other developers who are about to launch a game, let's say it's incoming, do you have any advice to give or you know, something that you would give them tips on? Wow. Uh, I, feel like I, I feel like I could write it's a lot of pressure. Comment. It's like, it's on your shoulders now. It's you, David. Uh, pace yourself. Uh, it's a marathon, not a race. It's a mistake I've, I've made. And uh, it's true. It's, uh, balance and work-life balance is, is a constant topic in our industry and uh, I think it, it applies the most in the crunch time yeah for sure and what do you think developers should be taught or to expect like beforehand uh they gotta let go of the fate of I, I can't remember the that there's a saying uh your, your babies or something like that you're uh you gotta, yeah, you gotta killing be, your babies Something like that. It, it, it's uh, the things that you hold dear, and you're like, no, this is this has to ship in this game, in order for this game to be this game. And then when it comes down to it, it's more important to ship the game. It, there's there's going to be some compromise. Got you. Have you ever shipped a game before? Where you're just like, man, no. <laughs> it's like I really wish that no. Like this is not my favorite game, or I don't like this genre, or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Uh. I'll say Uncharted 3, uh, when we shipped it, uh, I all I could see were the mistakes. And even to this day, I, I'll, I'll play my level, and I'll walk down, and I'll just look up, and I'll, and I'll see bugs. And I, I can, I can just, it's all I see. It did take a while before I could see, appreciate it more from a 
for the positives and for my negatives, but I still see those those uh, errors and shit. I think it's one of those things that does kind of torment devs. Like if you ask them, like, oh, you know, well, I, you know, the problem is it can cascade into like, okay, well, this part is broken. I'm broken. I'm shitty. I shouldn't make games. I'm gonna go in the dark by myself. Like, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you should. I'm saying that happens though. And how oh. do you prevent people from, like? feeling that way and taking things as you said like your babies really personally especially when something like that happens and no i'm not saying that for you david no that's that's a tough one i think you have to be objective you have to if you get to that mindset take a step back look at the time that you you've had and all your efforts and what you cared about and where your your time went and realize that it's not that you're not in that state of mind. That's just how you feel. But take that, that step back and appreciate what you've done. Because you're in a AAA studio, does does the success of a financial success of a game affect you as far as like what you take home, or is it just like you're solid and you're safe? Because you know, I mean, studios close and things like that, but. Is it something that is a fear that developers have? Or is it like, okay, well, I know this next game's coming. I know where my paycheck is, et cetera. Uh, I think I've been very fortunate uh, to have some mild experience of stability in my career, uh, especially with Naughty Dog. Uh, but the, I mean, the reality is that any day, you know, something could happen uh, and... I mean, you can't, there's, there's no way to prepare for every worst case scenario. Uh, sometimes you just got to take it in stride and, and take it one day at a time, but have some sort of contingency plan, have your portfolio up to date, uh, your resume up to date, and uh, be ready. One of the cool things about this industry is it's it's a lot smaller than people expect, and everybody knows everybody, and if something happens and the studio closes, I mean, there's always a huge outpouring of support. Like, hey, come here that space for you and the turnover is an industry the turnover is pretty high but people kind of move all around in the circle and it seems to work out pretty well yeah that's something that's always very reassuring is like you said when uh layoffs happen or something the industry outpour uh people create entire job sites saying here's all these companies that are hiring please add yours to this list if you are it's it's very reassuring so do you think this was like a good choice? Is this your dream now that you can say like, I always wanted to get in the gaming industry. I'm an artist. I'm successful. Is this your end game or do you have other plans? That's, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, something I've thought about uh, quite a bit recently. Um, the games industry is changing. Uh, how am I growing with it or am I growing a different way? And what is it that I really want to do and that, the games industry and these jobs are uh, affording me to do and really what it comes down to is people and these games and these experiences are about entertaining people and giving something to someone else and someone else to play it and have a hopefully a positive experience and the stories that i've heard people say about these and the relationships that people have told me that they've that they've built because of it uh, that's the rewarding aspect. 
it's kind of a time of change right now, like you said, in the industry. And unfortunately, for something that started out as this concept of, you know, bringing creative, creative, you know, stories and a way for people to step outside of themselves and kind of live inside the mind of an artist, it's turned into this kind of really dark place right now. A lot of stuff's going on, a lot of negative, you know, dirt is being turned up. A lot of people aren't being, you know, being disingenuous or a lot of people aren't who you thought they were. Do you think, do you think that's going to roll by? Do you think we're going to be shaken up and redefined? How do you think we're going to get back I mean, this is a huge, a huge thing for you to just kind of answer, but do you think we're going to get back to a place where, you know, this is entertainment and has something to say? Oh, wow. Uh, I I think I I immediately just went to, it's the human experience. Uh, We're all in it. We're all figuring it out as we go. Yeah, I ask you because I know you sort of know some of this firsthand, like. Uh, yes. Uh, I think, I don't know what to think. It's been very taxing for me to, remain in a, in a positive place and in a productive and, and moving forward place. And, uh, I think, I think that's just the general path in general for humanity, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And whatever uh, that course takes, uh, I think it will happen naturally, and we're we're along for the ride. Yeah, in some ways it feels like, and not that this isn't necessarily true, but the rest of the world is kind of taking like video games more seriously. It was always like one of those, like, oh, you know, this fun thing for children, but I think it's being kind of redefined as, you know, this art form or something that's a lot you know, deeper and more substantial than the average person might have considered. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's more than Mario now. Yes. Uh, and that's that's awesome. It's the natural progression. I, I think from uh, my understanding, that's how movies were. When they first came around, it was a, it was a sideshow attraction. It was, it was a gimmick. It was uh, just an attraction. And it wasn't uh, the latest, greatest movie that we go out and see today. Uh, and, and it takes time and uh, takes, what's the word? It takes time and, and people have to experiment with the media, the medium to turn it into something that we take seriously. And there we are. I think that's a great place to stop it. And uh, looking forward to sharing more content with you in 2020. Huge thank you to David Ballard and to all the other devs who've joined us throughout the years and especially in 2019. So stay tuned. Uh, Don't forget to follow your RSS in whatever area that you do. And thanks for listening to the Gray Area Podcast.